Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, Doctor Who fans! It's an oddly quiet night here. Maybe the calm before the storm. The oncoming storm? No. If you will. Honey. Guys, we're talking about the War Games, episodes one through five, because it is the biggest, or I think tied for the biggest story. We'll get into that. Guys, I am your host, Zach Wilson. Joining me on tonight's panel, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. Uh, Megan Salinas, unfortunately unable to join us tonight. Scheduling She's going to have to take some time off. Scheduling conflicts. Abound here at Afterbuzz as, as the spring season gets off into a craziness of uh, what's happening, but all kinds of stuff. Um, guys, thank you for tuning in. Anyone who is watching live on YouTube, which is a new feature here at Afterbuzz TV, you can jump on. You can join us on the chat roll, which I'll, I have up conveniently in front of me, where I can see us as we do this awkwardly. Um, but, <laughs> I'm just gonna watch myself. It's like one of those loops, but. You can comment and join in the conversation, and we will get uh, your feedback on our th- on what we're talking about and our thoughts. And you can do that in the future on many of the AfterBuzz shows. So check your local listings. Uh, or the website. Or the website. Or the Twitter feed. That's your local listings. I mean, <laughs> kids these days don't know what that means anymore. But anyway, they we're off on gave, a whole... We're they off, never gave mountain time in local look, listings. We're off on a whole other thing now. Let's jump into <laughs> the other old thing that is Doctor Who Classics. Uh, we're talking about the war games. Like I said, we're going to be focusing on episodes one through five just because it is tied for – I don't – I can't remember offhand what the other one is. There's another ten-episode story. I don't know it. Um, but it is an exceptionally long one. So we wanted to be able to give it some breathing time. So we're going to give you two podcasts. We're going to do the episodes six through ten next, next week. week. So tune in for Same that. bat time, same bat channel. Yes. Um, as long as we're talking about old stuff. <laughs> but uh, overall reactions, Katie, I want to know what you think. Uh, my thoughts, I'm really enjoying it. This they is a lot of fun. They didn't waste an episode. We've had five and six and seven parters where it's like the first episode or the first two episodes were completely extraneous. But this one, I was like, okay, I'm a couple minutes in. Hopefully this isn't going to, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, is this first episode ending with a firing squad? They didn't waste anything. It's a slow build, but it ke- it's not... It's a slow build in that they're taking a while to put all of the pieces in place, but they have enough pieces to justify the pace that they're going. Whereas we've had slow builds where they're just 
taking their sweet time telling you what's going on. But this one is, it's this, and then there's this, and here's this extra dimension, and we're slowly unraveling the mystery, and this is fantastic. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I probably would have watched the rest of it had I not been watching with a friend and had Agent Carter not been on next. Yes, Agent Carter. Also available at AfterBuzz TV. Sorry, plus. Yes, yes, um, I know. You're on it. <laughs> um, I wasn't even going to talk about myself, but now that we're on Anyway. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about me. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy, I'm really enjoying this episode. It's hard to say a, a full review without getting to the end, um, but that's what... This, in modern Doctor Who, let's say, this story probably would be two very full episodes. At least. And you'd get, well, I mean, that's, a, they really haven't done too many, they've done arcs, but not like a two-part, a three-parter story. They've done two-parters. They, they've done Wasn't a lot of two-parters. At the end of se- season uh, well, three. Well, he had a whole thing. That's what I, that's what I mean. That's the difference, the difference between a season arc with like different one-off issues, whereas like the, um, but I mean, like, the last three episodes were a three-parter were of they? that season. Yeah. One right, of them I was at the you. end of the galaxy, and then the other one, they came back, and he was prime minister, and then there was that third one. I guess, yeah, I guess, I, I in my mind, that was, like, a whole, like, half-season storyline. Either way. Well, it was yeah, you're because right. the cell phone you're company right. kept coming up. Anyway, that's new Who. This is uh, classic. Yes, we're talking about, well, we're modern fans talking about the classic Doctor Who. Um, Speaking of the Master. As we watch through. I think that's who this is. I have no idea when his actual I mean, first uh, appearance is, but I'm watching this going. Only because this we is intriguing. Only because we talked about the master and it, the fact that our previous episode when we were talking about um, the other master. I know when the real when the the actual one comes up, and this is not. There goes my theory. All right, sorry. I just dang like, it. It's like I know when he shows up in the show's continuity, and it's not for a while. It's not in Trouton years, but this is from what I can tell, our first ta- other time, or not our first other time, but our first other time lord in a while. Yeah, since the meddling. Monk. So it is another time lord then. I think it has to be right. I. Be really that's why I immediately went to the master because I'd be really really surprised if it weren't because he has this knowledge he shows up from nowhere he looks human but he's not and he's not this other species that we're fairly certain aren't human because of the way they refer to humans question mark I don't know who these guys are with the <laughs> with the Jedi mind trick glasses that they have that <laughs> man I'm not over that I love them I mean that's the uh, Jedi mind trick monocle. That, that, that's that's the name of my no doubt cover band, <laughs> Jedi mind trick monocle. No one's coming to that show. Uh, I, I want to thank no doubt cover I want to thank Ryan Wittalson, uh who, who helped yes. a friend of the show who pointed out um, the Daleks master plan. Another story had twelve episodes, oh. so I was a little. It's one of the longest, not even tied, but it's still really long. So we're going to do it in two weeks. Ryan's a fan um, who knows his stuff. Yeah, he really um, is. Thank you, Ryan. But so anyway, um, what I really enjoyed about this episode was that we get this. We get this potential Time Lord, and why I think it yes. why I think it has to be is they talk about him, and he can control. He knows how to manipulate time and space, and yeah. he has a people that also know. So, and we also the, have this bigger on the inside box that warps exactly. around. Except it's green, but we wouldn't know that. Yeah, they said I did it. enjoy that they call. They, there was a few moments in these episodes where they're specifically calling out colors that we can't see, like you, the blonde one. 
I, which sure. one of them? The, the, they both have the same color of, of gray hair. It's uh, this big green box. Well, okay, now that we really know that it's not the TARDIS. Let's have say. they ever, have they said to this point that the TARDIS is blue? But the thing is, police boxes in Britain are always blue. That's I just meant that they'd made a thing of it yet. No, because it's a cultural norm. They would understand that if it's a police box, it's going to be blue. That's what they are. Full stop. Yeah. In much the same way that if we were like, oh, it's a school bus, we would immediately go, it's yellow. Yeah. A madman in a blue box. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. They haven't had to say it because I would imagine at the time police boxes were everywhere and they're far less common now in much the same way that phone booths are far less common now. Yeah. But in the 60s, you'd have them everywhere and you would immediately know it's a police box. It's blue. It's like we're fire done. trucks. They're all yellow. Get out. <laughs> what? They were yellow in my town. <laughs> Were they really? Yeah, there were a couple of yellow Where ones. did you grow up? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? Not particularly. If the fire trucks are <laughs> yellow, right. I think you grew up in the Twilight anyway, Zone. Anyway, we're, we're talking about, but we, we are dealing with sort were of a Twilight Zone. Red? We're just dealing with sort of a Twilight Zone episode <laughs> here um, in a lot of ways because they've been dropped into what they think is World War the 19, I. Yeah, the 19-teens. 17. 1917 is the year they continually drop. Yes, that's the that's the, the effective year that yeah. it is. That when and of course it's too early for anyone to be calling it World War One or World War Two. If this mean, was in, filmed in the 60s, they would have been. Uh, I don't think it was. I don't think it was a term yet. Know. Are you sure? In the 60s, they wouldn't have called him one and two, because until two came around, one was the Great War. Yeah. So you think at that point the doctor at least would know, yeah, we're in the first one, but there's another one that's coming too. And Zoe would know as well, being from the year 2000. And the people making the show would know because they're in the 60s. I don't know. I, I find the terminology or lack thereof interesting. Yeah. Either way. Um, the, the But what's fun about what makes it for me – feel like the twilight zone which is a high compliment yeah. from for me oh, yeah. um is that it when you get dropped in they build this world that oh we're in 1915 they think we're german spies and then you take one step in the wrong direction and uncover this massive other world that's at work that what you thought was real was not real and it's universe shattering because this guy has a stunningly anachronistic TV screen that he is using to speak with people. And this guy is from a war in Scotland, evidently, because Jamie and Redcoats. And that's a piece of history that I'm not quite familiar with. Yeah, but it's what it, what's great about it is that it builds it out. And it feels like you're just sitting there like, what, what, so what is it? Why is there? Why are they in Roman times now? Yeah. Um, what? Do, and this is the question we're left with after at the midway point. What is the war chief? The our crazy facial hair man. Um, what is the war chief doing there? Like what? The only thing I can think is that this is somehow building them like the greatest army of all time. They also dropped the name of a higher authority that I don't remember off the top of it my head. It was the War Lord. The War Lord. There's the War Lord who I, to this point, I would we imagine have not they met. all answer to. And the War Chief, which is crazy uh, facial hair man. We also don't know why. We know that they have a plan, but they very cleverly, well, what's the plan? Well, you know as well as I do. 
great. That's incredibly helpful. And the audience is like, come on. Great writing. <laughs> I have to shout Stephanie Marie Faith on the, the chat roll. Um, they can't call it the basically you said they can't call it the Great War because to them the Great War was the Time War. Uh, uh, you tried. <laughs> I like it. Gold star for effort. It made me laugh. You tried. Um anyway. Um but yeah, so I what I I like what they're building there. It's fun. Um yeah. oh, and yeah. it's intriguing. And they have that five percent of people who have formed a resistance movement. And evidently 5% of people is enough for them to be like, oh, that's a lot of people. Because this 5% would drag in other people. And notice that the people who had been had mild brainwashing via the glasses, the monocle, etc., could be undone with, no, that's not right. See, it's the thing. Or, no, that's not right. We totally showed you this thing, remember? Or stuff like that. Well, they First had appearance to... of the sonic screwdriver... By the way. Yes. I was going to get to that. first appearance of Dr. John Smith. Yes. First uh, usage route. Or the, first yeah. that we know of. Well, let's go into the first. It's so much. That was, first of all, the sonic screwdriver used as, as a, a screwdriver. screwdriver. <laughs> that was, I had to stop it because I started laughing so much. Um, it's almost pointless. And then you realize that it'll become this amazing omni tool later well, on. Well, that's the thing is that it starts out and like you could argue as a gimmick. Yeah, well, it's a it's a gimmick because he he just has a screwdriver. I mean, it's a great way to prove like, look, I have advanced technology. It's a it's a fancy look. If you brought a power drill back to medieval times, they'd be like, what is this sorcery device? That and then they spins? burn you at the stake. Yes. Imagine if you did it with something that didn't even make contact with the screw. Now you're really a witch. Um, but in this, and in this case, a witch with a magic wand, which is what it basically evolves into by the time we get to elite Matt yeah, Smith's years. With one very specific weakness. So, wood. <laughs> I mean, the new wood. Because it's not an actual magic wand. I know. Then it would be wood and everything would be hunky dory. It's an omni tool. It's, it's very what it it's is. very effective. And like there's certain arguments um I happen to agree that like the sonic screwdriver has become a little bit too powerful. Oh yeah. You can see it in series eight of the modern run where Capaldi was like, it's too much. And so he like doesn't use it. They they find reasons to take it away from him. Because I think Capaldi just didn't like what they did with that with Matt well, Smith. Yeah. It's just it's because again, we're we're gonna get into Moffat here and I should not be Getting into Moffat here, so let's go back to classic, when the screwdriver was just a screwdriver. <laughs> There's a reason I'm not allowed on the modern panel, okay? <laughs> because uh, I, sp- I tick people off oh, real bad. you meant it in that, see, I took it like, a cigar is just sometimes a cigar. No, sometimes no. a screwdriver is just a screwdriver. Sassine <laughs> and peep, I mean, come on. Um... But, I mean, so we get, like, there's also the British soldier, which is, like, from Jamie's time. There was a brief moment where I thought that the guy recognized Jamie. Like, straight up was like, Jamie, I thought I fought you in the battle of whatever. I don't know what would be a battle in that war. But it's just like, you're wearing a kilt, evil. (laughs) Okay. So there's that war that means absolutely nothing to Americans. Yeah, British. Not that it's supposed to. The British soldier didn't, like... Uh, the, he just didn't like the fashion, and he's like, 
So, like, the skirt's got to go. I think what threw me the most was when they referenced the 1914 to 1918 war. And like I said, I was watching it with a friend, and we sat there and looked at each other like, well, oh, World War One." Yeah, well, that's the thing is that they that just, for, never talk about even it Even like if that. they had somebody had said the words World War one World War Two at the time. That wasn't the common phrase. That World War One was the Great War, yeah. which I mean, I imagine was all sometimes referred to as the War of nineteen fourteen to eighteen. Um, just yeah, as that like, just wasn't a term we were used to hearing, and we had this moment of must have been some war in Bre- oh, oh, okay, yeah, that one. Because <laughs> the, they'd also been referring to it as the nineteen seventeen zone, and that was what yeah. the war people had been calling it so to hear them just pull this term out of nowhere that they hadn't used and that we hadn't heard was just like okay well i think because like that like really all you need is a war in 1917 like i knew what they were talking about because when you hear war in 1917 there's only one there's one it like if you said war 1862 or 18 whatever the year it is that they actually said it in there could be theoretically you could be almost anywhere in the world but there's one very specific war that they're talking about. And that's also why they kept specifying the American Civil War. Yes. Um, and also because, like, they're not Americocentric. Can I say that I loved the German guy doing the southern accent? Just what the heck was that? <laughs> that was oh, amazing. Evil Colonel Klinkman? That was the best worst voice acting I've ever <laughs> seen. I mean, but he's not an American. I mean, it works. It works I in know, context. It works, and everyone else is so brainwashed that they don't. You know, and all of the other southern accents and American accents were spot on. I thought they were very well done. But just this guy who'd been established with a German accent doing his best imitation of a southern accent while in his German accent was just like, I'm done. This is so many layers of wonderful. It's great. I mean, while we're talking about just like people's hilarious, just like out of time reactions, my one of my favorites was in episode three, the Roman soldier, when the truck like vanishes into the mist, he's just staring at it and his mouth just drops. He's wide open. (laughs) But it's not even saying anything. He just... Like, classic cartoon jaw drop. Yes. And I loved it. Like, a Roman soldier with a jaw drop is perfect. I mean, there's a lot. The thing is, what's great about this is that it can go from, when you're dealing with war and stuff, especially in a show like Doctor Who, it can go yeah. from, but it can go from the darkness, this is war, war is dirty, war is bad, to, right, Hilarity. to, this is absurd. The, the Roman soldier is silly because he doesn't know what he just saw with this hand-cranked car. Yeah. <laughs> a hand-cranked horseless carriage. I also love Zoe just ragdolling people and throwing them around. She is my favorite classic female companion. <laughs> and Jamie's uh, my favorite. I just, I love this team. I haven't enjoyed a TARDIS team this much since Nine and Rose and Mickey and Jack. That was a that, good, yeah, that that's a good team been... up. And it's something I, like, for me, uh, the doc, like, the Dr. Amy and Rory are a hilarious team because we're not here to argue about no, that. I know. I but, know. like, for me, that, like, all the storylines that come as a, as the response to their different personalities coming together, it's fun and it makes it interesting when you ha- don't have just two good characters, but you have three or four. And the way that they interplay is great. Because we they all affect each other differently. Team yeah. back. It's and always I, more fun when there's a team. And I hope that we can get that more yeah. on the modern run. Like, we didn't get it in series eight the same way. Like, this is what they should be looking at, like, 
Troughton and Hartnell's years for like yeah. guidance because when you, they had like a guy and a girl and like even a and guy and a girl and another person involved. Um, yeah, not necessarily. Although we're all, in, I mean, everybody loves a good ship. Um, You're saying this to someone whose favorite companion, hands down, is Donna. When we got a break from the romance in the TARDIS, and I ship Doctor and Rose like FedEx at Christmas, which is going to get me all sorts of hate, but I love you guys. And but what I mean is that, like, you can or you can't. Like, I would, I love the storylines that don't force you into romantic stuff. It's absolute, it's fun. Yes. I've yes. yelled about, I yell about it on Sleepy Hollow here. Like, our two, the two main leads, the guy and a girl, and they they don't need to be together just because they have good chemistry. Well, a threesome um, would solve that one. Why not? Nobody's fighting. <laughs> Um, but in the case of this, I don't. I also don't necessarily want the doctor to be romantic. I just mean between companions because when you get three people in a room, three or four people in a room, all of a sudden they have different dynamics that you can bring in, that you can affect, that you can adjust. Like Jack yeah. being gay brings a whole new oh, personality Jack is trait. Pan. Well, Jack uh, is everything. Jack being whatever Jack is. He's not human, so it's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, he is. No, Harkness. Are we talking about the same Jack? He's still human. Whatever. Rose just messed with time and made him immortal, but he's still very much a human. Well, yeah, I get... Whatever it is. Anyway, Uh, he's human, he's pansexual, it's a beautiful thing. Anyway. um, (laughs) Here we go. uh, But so, yeah. We, uh... So the big moment that, like, is sort of like this all builds up to is... Um, at the very end, I'm not sure what you're thinking. Uh, is Jamie alive? Yeah. He gets, I mean, we saw one guy get killed by it. I have too much outside knowledge of classic who to believe that Jamie is not only going to bite it, but bite it in the middle of smack dab in the middle of a 10 part story. Yeah, I mean, I know he Especially comes back. Especially, so, so, we, so no we couldn't get rid of the character Jamie. Last time we were watching the, he got sick, and they brought in another actor because they still needed that character there. They're not <laughs> going to down him so easily, and they are not going to do it like that. Well, we know that this is, and we just because we picked it, like this is uh, the Troutons last episode and again it's like i play it with like if it was 1969 you would have the gossip that like trouton was out yeah. most likely out in the ether that he was out on <sighs> hey! megan's not here so i'll do it boo. Uh, <laughs> i will boo myself for her um uh, but yeah so <laughs> But we, uh, just what Jamie is bringing to it is yeah. something that's so great. And so I don't want him to go. I'm not saying I want him to go. And I know that he is in the three doctors and the two doctors. Um, but wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Because yeah. you just go back. Troughton's not there either. He's technically dead. But um, <laughs> either way. Uh, yeah, but usually if they kill a companion, they don't have a habit of going back and visiting the companion in the past. Doctor's a little yeah. different. But as they get towards that point, I mean, they're they're lost in the American Civil War when they meet the green box that's bigger on the inside. Um, and they go to the base. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the base and, like, all the crazy science wackiness going on in there. I love the glasses. They're uh, so dumb. The glasses. I think it must be... It's like Superman glasses. Yeah. I mean, it's the 60s, so, like, it's post-retro, post-modern futurism, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, 
the science part of me, like the the wild theories, is like, okay, so maybe they need to be looking through those only those little slits because it narrows their focus, and it's the only way that they can not be affected by all this stuff that's brainwashing everybody. I just want to know how many people ran into walls and tripped over things while wearing those glasses <laughs> on set. They're fancy. They tell you. They have like a little Siri thing like in your eye. It's like Google Glass and it tells you like there's a wall coming. Stop. No, I'm, I'm talking about out of character. I'm talking about <laughs> blooper reel material oh, here. Oh, probably plenty. <laughs> then again, they, they weren't moving that much. Like that's nobody true. really walked around. They were like, they walk over to this thing and play with these magnets. <laughs> Um, like, I didn't recognize your very distinctive clothes and hairstyle while you were wearing the glasses, but with the glasses off, oh, it's you. <laughs> Seriously, that that was amazing. They're they're Clark Kent glasses. Put them on. Nobody knows you're Superman. Effective, effective, but meaningless. Um, it's the best disguise in comics. Yeah. Well, I guess here people are just that dumb. Here's my question with that is that how did they not know that like they're like I've never seen you before here. Um they you don't dress like somebody that would be here and it doesn't seem like it's that big a base. Keep in mind that this is the scientist that was dumb enough to buy the act twice. And that this is the third time that in this particular story that the doctor has bluffed his way in there somewhere by acting important. I mean, it's it's the the prelude to the psychic paper. Like, he don't have, he doesn't need that because he's just, Troughton is just that good. Just the the fact that it included the line, do you know who I am? (laughs) Just like, oh my God, you're every old white guy and it's working. (laughs) (laughs) Just... It was beautiful to watch. I mean, he fixed his way through. Because that is someone who really, really passed his bluff checks there. He fa- he fakes his way through a lot. He fakes his oh, way yeah. into the the uh, British soldier's office or British officer's office. Yeah. He, he fakes his way first into the class. And then, like, again, he's like, I was chasing her. <laughs> well, he's like, he, he didn't completely wipe him. You know, he misidentified me. But I think that girl was caught. Like, you just throw people right under the bus when it suits you. Dumb old scientist. You know those scientists? They're just really dumb guys. I think the waves fried his brain one too many <laughs> times. Like, yes, let me show you how to undo absolutely everything. You know this what I guy was... Is, he does not have a high wisdom score. I mean, but you know what I thought was going to happen and what would have affected that? When he went through the machine... I thought he was going to wake up and be like, where am I? Like, no, he was, because he, he like, was never programmed. He's in on the whole thing. He's oh, one yeah. of this group of aliens. No, no, no. I get that. I thought that it was, that was going to be the reveal. That in that moment, media. I was like, that, oh, no, that all of them, even oh. the people in the base, are brainwashed into thinking they're part of something. It didn't go that way. I'm not saying it's going that way. That would have been interesting. It, that, that's it would I have been too early on. in the story for a reveal of that magnitude. That would have been a little too Maybe. early for that. I mean, it depends where you take it. But True. We also have the chief of security, that guy, who knows that the TARDIS exists and didn't tell the war minister. Yes, or the war, sure the war chief. The war chief. The, the, the guy, sideburns over there, didn't tell him. 
because he wants it for himself, evidently. He wants a higher standing. It's a security threat he wants to take care of. One of a number of motivations, but we have him as a wild card now off doing his own thing. I mean, he... So, if he works for the warlord, let's say, I don't... Like, here's the, I guess here's the question at this point. Um, the war chief and the warlord are two separate people. Yes. Who is... If we imagine that the war chief is this time lord who recognized the doctor because he saw him and then was like, that man is an, impo- uh, an imposter. Get him. Um, or recognize something he like could see sense another time lord, maybe. Um, who is the warlord? Is he in charge of this situation? Is he, I want to say yes. But is he one of the the people that the war chief has come to or is he another time lord above the war chief this is assuming that he turns out to be i don't think he's another time lord i think he is in charge of all of the people running the game and i feel like the war chief the sideburns I'm just going to call him sideburns, sideburns. let's say i feel like sideburns is the equivalent of an independent contractor they gave him a title they put him in the structure but he's still kind of doing his own thing and has his own agenda, and he will most likely split off once he gets what he needs or once the project is over or once the doctor burns it all down around his ears. Because yeah. we do get that the war chief was, like, kicked out by his own people, like, abandoned by I his own that. They mention it at one point that he is not – there's something about either he's not welcome with his own people or his own people oh, rejected yeah, yeah, yeah. him. Um, but he's been sent out. Like, he's – committed some kind of crime against the Time Lords, in theory. And, and none they, of these other warmongers know who or what he is. Or what, is like, the thing. all they know is that he can control time and space using, I guess, the green box, which is his TARDIS. I mean, it's a chameleon Probably. circuit. Like, it can do whatever it needs to do, and he just wanted to look like a fancy green box. Aesthetic! <laughs> I don't know. Um... It didn't have the same feel like the same way that like the monks TARDIS still had the yeah. round things, um, but it still felt like we're looking at it, it felt like that era's type of TARDIS, where it was not the modern TARDIS, where it's a room and then a lot of hallways with well, like it's random possible. stuff. It's possible that he was just opening the back door and that he's got a whole storage closet back there for soldiers, and that we didn't see the main doors and the console room. It's true. Um, oh, lot. that it, like funnels. Uh, I mean, it's a TARDIS, so theoretically, it's thinking and it can put you at the room it needs to put you in. Yeah, exactly. Um, or he's just really good he, uh, with Time Lord technology and made a teleporter box that's bigger on the inside. That could be it too. We Doesn't have, have to... we have seen in New Who that there is Time Lord storage that had a bazillion Daleks in it, so hey, why not? I mean, anything. once you have the technology to do bigger on the inside, to do pocket dimensions, then exactly. you can do whatever you need with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be great. It'd, it'd be the best walk-in closet ever. God, Time yes. Lord Apartments must be amazing. I feel like they don't do apartments. <laughs> I mean, they gotta live somewhere. They're True. big cities. They can't all live in houses. Time Lord like Apartments. Be... Each, each apartment is its own dimension. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's a world I want to live in. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is a world rife for abuse. Uh, what are some Which other... is probably why it burned. <laughs> um, there's some other really great 
parts of this episode that just like great moments where Zoe, like in the, when they're running around in 1917, Zoe has a flower pot that she smashes. I adore Zoe. She just, she just doesn't care. It's wonderful. I just wrote Zoe smash. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, and you can see it coming. You're like, I know this comedy trope. It's going to play out like this and I'm going to love it anyway. And there it is. Yeah. Um, Oh, the other thing in just going back to the first episode, um, as we sort of wrap up here, because we're going to do a bigger show next week when we have the whole to talk about. True. Um, but for this, like, my, like I love the episode, the end of episode one, where they have the gun and the gunshot right at the doctor, and then it ends. It's wonderful. It's a cliffhanger. It's a great cliffhanger because you're almost like, wait, did they already shoot the doc? Are we? Rapid. Wow, that's a really fast regeneration was, story. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> like, he just gets caught in 19... That, imagine that is how the doctor goes out. He gets caught in 1917, and just, like, they think he's a German spy and he gets shot. And that's Take the a end. shot every time someone accuses them of being spies. You'll well, have alcohol poisoning by the end of the night. Well, that's the programming. The programming says, like, oh, these people are... The, the, it says that they, the, they, any suspicion has to be a spy. It has to be the other side trying to kill me because their only purpose is war. They're yeah. programmed to only think about war. Oh no, I know. I just thought it was to the point where the characters start getting exasperated with it. That's when it really starts getting funny for me. Yeah. When they're aware of the trope and they're like, not again. Come on. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> Ryan Wittalison says, I want Time Lord Apartments. We all do. <laughs> we all need more space. Living in L.A.? Yeah. Um, yeah. Does but, Chad have anything fun to say? Hmm? Does Chad have anything fun to say? You have the Chad? laptop. I'm sitting, the, li- the live chat. Oh, chat. I thought you said Chad. I'm like, who's Chad? <laughs> Chad. Uh, well, that was, <laughs> you know, Chad. That guy. <laughs> if there is someone in the chat named Chad, hello. Um... But for the first, so for the first time ever on Doctor Who Classics, I won't, because we're only doing, because we still have five episodes, I want to go into predictions. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get to do this a lot. Yeah, laser light show. Yeah, we don't get to, you don't get to hear this a lot on Doctor Who Classics. Uh, no. but so, w- Katie, what are you thinking for next week? Well, my theory about it being a master has been thoroughly jossed, so I, need a little time to reconstruct that. I do <laughs> still think that the War Chief is a Time Lord. I do think that we are going to meet the War Lord at one point. And I, honestly, I think that the Chief of Security wanting the TARDIS or no longer quite being with the program now that he thinks he has an ace in the hole that no one else knows about is going to be part of what destroys this program. Him going off the rails is going to be part of what allows the doctor and company to take this operation out. All right. I mean, that's going into it, knowing that these next episodes will see the end of Patrick Troughton. I guess my thought, like, how does he go? I have to think he does it in some way that gets him back to his people. To where he can finally fly the TARDIS like a like Possibly. a Time Lord. Like, with an intention, like, I can bring Zoe back to the 21st century. I can bring Jamie back to the Scotland. Hit, Scotland. 1475? Yeah, it was roughly. That like sounds that? about right. Um, there's, so, like, he can do that if he gets back to his people. Because they can, like, 
I mean, I think that at the time the TARDIS was supposed to need six pilots or something, but they can, like, fix the machine. Yeah, something in there is broken that's not the chameleon circuit. But the other thing is, doesn't Third Doctor get grounded a lot and spend a lot of time on Earth with a unit? Isn't that third? I believe so, yes. So something's going to go down with the Time Lords, and eventually they're just going to be sick of this guy. Just like, you, stay there. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe that's... It could just be that he gets sentenced. Like, it's like, we are taking away our TARDIS. To Earth with thee. That's how I imagine Time Lords talk. To Earth with thee. To Earth with thee. It could be. And time... It's crackpot theory time. (laughs) This whole operation could be engendered and overseen by Time Lords. And the war chief could be one saying, oh, my people don't want me anymore. Whereas it's his people who are pulling the strings of the people who are pulling the strings. And so if the doctor screws up their experiment, the Time Lords are going to be supremely unhappy. Yeah. And all the Classics fans listening to this are like, are you kidding? I mean, this is the fun. You guys know we are only guessing, but I'm going to go home and watch it soon. Um, And we'll be back with the second half, episode 6 to 10 of the War Games next week here at AfterBuzz TV. Until then, Katie Cullen, where can the people keep up with you? Well, real quick, you can find Megan at The Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Kiaxe. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on the Star Wars Rebel panel and the Arrow panel which comes back in two weeks. And you guys can catch me on Twitter at ThatZachWilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. And also here at AfterBuzz, ton of shows, some of my favorites right now. Um, Helix is coming back soon. Grimm comes back, not this week, but the weekend after. And Agent Carter just started yeah. on ABC. It's a great show. If you haven't checked it out, check it out, and you can join me and Megan and uh, Jesse Klein from the, uh, the, Doctor Who, uh, the Modern Doctor Who panel on that show. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm Zach Wilson, and thanks for geeking out with us. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.